Summer is upon us and that means it's time for fun at fairs and festivals across the state. We'll talk with the managers of the Iowa State Fair and the Howard County Fair on this edition of Iowa Press. Funding for Iowa Press was provided by Friends, the Iowa PBS Foundation. The Associated General Contractors of Iowa, the public's partner in building Iowa's highway, bridge, and municipal utility infrastructure. Fuel Iowa is a voice and a resource for Iowa's fuel industry. Our members offer a diverse range of products, including fuel, grocery, and convenience items. They help keep Iowans on the move in rural and urban communities. Together, we fuel Iowa. Small businesses are the backbone of Iowa's communities, and they are backed by Iowa banks. With advice, loans, and financial services, banks across Iowa are committed to showing small businesses the way to a stronger tomorrow. Learn more at iowabankers.com. For decades, Iowa Press has brought you political leaders and newsmakers from across Iowa and beyond. Celebrating 50 years of broadcast excellence on statewide Iowa PBS. This is the Friday, June 17th edition of Iowa Press. Here is Kay Henderson. Our state fair is the best state fair. It's the best state fair in the state. I don't know. You know the lyrics better than I probably, and now I have implanted that song in your mind. But today we're going to talk about the Iowa State Fair and all of the county fairs that are happening this summer across Iowa. Our guests are Gary Slater. He is the CEO and general manager of the Iowa State Fair. How many years have you been there, Gary? This makes 21 as manager and CEO. I did work for the fair back in the late 80s, early 90s for five years, so been there a long time. And our other guest is Tom Barnes. He is the secretary and manager of the mighty Howard County Fair starting on Monday. We, yes, poultry comes in Monday, so we're typical fair mode right now. He is also the executive director of the Association of Iowa Fairs. Gentlemen, welcome to Iowa Press. Thank you. Thank you. Also joining the conversation, Aaron Murphy. He is the Capitol Bureau Chief for the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Gentlemen, a couple of years ago, state fair, most, if not all, county fairs, Tom, you tell me, uh, had to cancel because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, wanted to ask each of you how fairs have rebounded from that, especially uh, financially, obviously, that had a devastating impact on income. Gary, we'll start with you. The state fair, has that bounced back from that wiped out year? Well, certainly we're still in recovery mode, but uh, we had a great fair last year, uh, which, which really, really helped. Uh, uh, you know, I was writing my board a letter last week, and I was doing it on June 10th, and I said two years ago on June 10th was probably the saddest day in, in the history of me being at the Iowa State Fair as we canceled the fair mm -hmm. for that. But For the first know, time, Gary, since, was it World War II? Yeah, since, since a long time ago, yes. Mm -hmm. Not the first time it had ever been canceled, but in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and yes, uh, uh, we, you know, you, you still have uh, 450 acres to take care of. You still have uh, employees, uh, full-time employees. And so uh, we, we did lose in the neighborhood of $13 million of uh, that year. Uh, but we were able to uh, qualify for a shuttered venues grant through the Small Business Administration, federal government, the, the COVID monies. And, 
And then last year, having a having a really good Iowa State Fair, it wasn't maybe a record setter like 19 was, uh, but it came back. And so now now we're just in fair mode, and, and we're working hard to uh, give you a great state fair in 2022. Tom, broadly speaking, how are county fairs doing? Very healthy. Um, last year we learned a lot, as Gary and, and what he said, you know, attributes to the county fairs too, and. Uh, 20 was, of course, a year we want to forget, but 21 was an amazing year for all our fairs everywhere that uh, we visited fairs and, and the fairs that report to us was attendance was, was great. A lot of uh, participation, uh, good income is which what we want to see. A um, little precaution in 21 because we were still kind of, my fair, of course, is next week, so we're in June. And we were still dealing with the effects of the COVID. We didn't know for sure what we could do with the early fairs. So some of the fairs, especially the early ones, they're, maybe they're static exhibits and some of the livestock were down because Extension didn't know until the first part of May whether they are going to do their programming in 21. Uh, but this year it's, it's coming on strong. Um, fairs learned a lot last year on how to better manage themselves for years. You know, in county fairs, are all volunteer-based, and you get into this rhythm of it's going to happen, don't worry, people will come, we'll take care of things. Well, last year we had to shift and, and understand what, what the risks were. Yeah, are, are there? I was wondering, are there insurance programs in place for something like that? Were you able to recoup any of those losses through insurance? There's a really uh, one that uh, I know our fair is getting into. It's called a cancellation policy instead of rain insurance. The only problem is there's there's some exceptions, and one of them is uh, if it's a COVID-related mm -hmm. cancellation, it doesn't cover it. So mm -hmm. really, it's there's not a lot out there. Um, we were fortunate in in 20. A lot of the fairs were that if you're you canceled because of the pandemic, and it wasn't something that the fairs could control. It was an outside force that canceled those. Mm -hmm. A lot of the entertainers honored, say, we'll come back next year, or don't worry about paying us this year. They went. They had bad year, too. I mean, when they sat home all summer and didn't play, that's they had a, bad, a, a negative impact, too. So it affected a lot of people. Talking about paying, the Iowa State Fair several years ago was going to go to a cashless system, and there was some pushback. But now people are used to paying electronically. Is that going to be what's happening at the Iowa State Fair this year? We have uh, a lot of uh, options for you to do that uh, at our vendors. Uh, it was last year that we went to a, a system uh, for every vendor to have a cash register to t at least take credit cards because not every vendor took credit cards uh, up until last year. Uh, and so you have the option of paying cash or debit card or credit card. And at our gates, uh, you can you can we have QR codes uh, outside of our gates, and you can, you can scan that. You can buy your tickets. You don't have to stop the box office. You just scan it on your way into the thing. So, or in through the gate. So uh, we have those options. Uh, we still do take cash. Yes. So what was your experience? I mean. Half and half, seventy-five, twenty-five. Do you it, rem remember? It is. Uh, it's gaining. Uh, cashless is, is is coming up, and I think it came up at least uh, fifteen percentage points over what nineteen was. Uh, but I also think that COVID uh, helped that as well because uh, we're doing so much more online. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, we're buying our groceries online. All that's with credit cards now. So all that kind of going together, and, and yes, it's, it's probably more than a 50-50 uh, in favor of credit cards now. What's the experience of county fairs? We're seeing, what, especially with the younger generations that we draw, want a uh, some sort of credit card type payment. The problem we have with our county fairs is the infrastructure isn't in, in place in many areas to, to accept. Because you need Wi-Fi. You need Wi-Fi. You need high speed. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the fairs are getting there, and, and it, it's it's starting to come into place. Um, it's... Uh, but you look at the demographics that the county fairs pull versus from uh, uh, that you've got grandma and grandpa in their 80s and, and their great-grandkids in their teens, you know, and that's quite a wide range of mm -hmm. what these people expect and how they're going to pay for their goods. There's, cash is still king at the county fairs, but there is a big transition to the, the credit cards especially. Well, speaking of things that draw the younger demographic, uh, you're seeing more and more regularly concert events and entertainment um, events like that, at, uh, not just at the state fair, but uh, mm -hmm. more and more at local fairs as well. I, I, in my history, I was uh, employed by the Telegraph Herald newspaper up in Dubuque in Northeast Iowa, mm -hmm. and Jones County Fair has become very well known for mm -hmm. some significant uh, you know, musical acts that they bring. How important is that, has that become, that element become concerts and other entertainment type events? Gary, I'll start with you. Um, how, how important have those types of events become to the overall calculus and the bottom line of a, of a fair and its profit margin? You know, the, I have always said that uh, we're, um, the grandstand at the Iowa State Fair, probably uh, our best year was 2019. Uh, we had uh, uh, 120,000 people go to the grandstand. But if you look at our attendance, it's 1.1 million. So it's 10%. Uh, but a lot of people, they want to be associated with the fair because they may not go to the grandstand, but they always say, who's coming? You know, mm -hmm. is my favorite entertainer coming? They want to be a part of that. Uh, I say it's like all of us. We want to be associated with the winner. And so uh, uh, that's the pulse of the fair. Whether you attend the grandstand or not, you like to know what's going on. And you like the fair to pull those popular entertainers. Now, along with that, we'll spend, uh, oh, uh, upwards to three-quarters of a million dollars on free entertainment in our, our, our three free entertainment stages. And then we have some walk-around entertainers and other grounds like a dog show and, and, and other shows that... Uh, 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 entertain you as well. And so uh, all of those go together uh, to uh, give you uh, foods, number one, people come for the food, uh, uh, entertainment, uh, and then, of course, our livestock shows. And they're, they're really up there on par with national livestock shows because of the quality of, of Iowa livestock. It's just tremendous. I want to get to Tom on this, too, but before I leave you, Gary, um, some of these bigger musical acts are used to, you know, when they tour, they play in stadiums technological displays and all this stuff. Is it difficult sometimes to find acts that are willing to just come play a grandstand, which used to be the norm for musical acts, but, but, but in more recent years, you know, concerts kind of take on a life of their own? Well, as you watched our grandstand uh, about six or seven years ago, we remodeled. And, of course, now we're bringing in a, a very modern stage. Uh, it's a portable stage. It comes in. Uh, it's 120 foot wide. It's 60 foot deep. Uh, it can fly your sound and your lights from 50, 60 foot in the air. 
and, and accommodate those uh, those video screens that go behind the entertainers. Mm -hmm. So yes, we've had to get into that business, or else they wouldn't come uh, to an outdoor uh, state fair venue. And so yes, uh, that adds to our cost. Uh, of course, they don't bring that stuff with them. Uh, they expect it to be there, and they hang their stuff on all of that. Uh, so it's an expensive thing, uh, and and they always come out ahead on that. Uh, but uh, uh, we do get you know that gate admission when people come through the gate and hope to hope to break even on the expenses in the grandstand. But it certainly is the pulse. Uh, of, of what the Iowa State Fair is all about. And Tom, how does this all play out at, at the county? I, I mentioned the Jones County Fair, but yeah. that's, that's an exception to the rule, right? That, that's a big deal, broadly speaking. Broadly speaking, there's three or four that are equal. Um, not too many years ago, county fairs were racetrack events and rodeos. Um, when some of the other fairs, and not the Jones County Fair per se, but say, like my county fair now got into concerts several years ago, um, our neighboring fairs saw how popular those were. And what they do is you don't have that typical people. That, we were missing a group of people that liked music. And the, the wheel events are one thing. And wheel events at any county fair usually help pay the bills. You're but, talking about tractor pulls? Yes, man. Tractor pulls, <laughs> rodeo, or demo derbies, stock car races. Yeah. Uh, but what we were missing is that group of people that like music. So when that's that, about five to eight years ago, give or take, that started to play in where fairs were seeing what their neighbors were doing. And, and now we're seeing a lot of even small county fairs throwing a small dollar concert in place that draws a good crowd. It gives the, the community something else to come to the fair for. And it's like Gary said, you look at who's at the fair and that brings the people. And then, you know, there's a lot of other things at the fair that we want to brag about and we want to push, but we got to get the people there first, and that's what the concerts will do. You mentioned tractor pulls, Gary. You mentioned livestock shows. Um, in many respects, fairs in Iowa are a showcase of, of rural Iowa. Mm -hmm. How do you attract an urban customer, and how do you plan for the future as, as the demographics of Iowa change? We see in every 10-year census that more people live in urban Iowa than in Rural Iowa. I'll start, uh, if you if you will. Um, uh, certainly, ag education or uh, ag agutainment, uh, you know, is is something that we think about because uh, if you look at uh, our our millennials uh, and and even uh, uh, below that are now four generations removed from the farm on the average, even here in Des Moines, and we. Uh, there are there are less and less people mm -hmm. that can go to mom and dad's or go to grandpa and grandpa's and see domestic animals up close uh, and see those big combines and those big tractors and things like that. So that has become a showcase uh, at the Iowa State Fair uh, for our urban folks right here in the metro area to to get a slice of that rural uh, life and that technology that that goes into that uh, the in this day and age. Uh, and it's something that is the mission of the Iowa State Fair to uh, foster uh, ag education throughout because 4-H and FFA are uh, fundamentals uh, at county fairs and certainly at the Iowa State Fair uh, because we feel like that fosters young people that come out and have that mm -hmm. responsibility and have that uh, uh, work ethic uh, from that rule setting uh, for their uh, supervised uh, uh, project. 
that they work on all year round. And so we want to showcase that, uh, and we think that that's something that we can offer that you're probably not going to see uh, at maybe some of the other uh, entertainment venues, uh, whether it's uh, down the road at a theme park or something. You're going to see that ag education in our Animal Learning Center, see birthing. Uh, you're going to see... Uh, at, at the sheep barn, the sheep stop. Going to tell you all about how rural uh, settings raise sheep. Cattle Corner, Ho Horse Haven, Pig Place, wow, Dairy Cow. Very alliterative. Uh, so, <laughs> so come to the Iowa State Fair and find those places, and, and, and we're going we're gonna to mix in some fun with it, with some, uh, with some uh, llama yoga, some uh, uh, goat yoga, bunny yoga, uh, and then some other things that uh, you can do. And at the same time, in, in uh, Little Hands on the Farm, you can take your kids 2 to 10 and actually get hands-on experience mm -hmm. uh, with simulated uh, areas, but uh, ag education is number one. Mm -hmm. Tom, um, I was a Platt Peppy pal and a mm -hmm. Calvary go-getter, and I showed cattle and mm -hmm. I made baked goods and other things I took to the Taylor County Fair. Um, if you didn't have 4-H and FFA, would you have county fairs? That's why we exist. We are there number one for the 4-H and FFA programs. And our second primary focus is to highlight the ethnic diversity and cultural of our communities that we serve. That's why we are there. And each fair, you can see the differences if you go around the state of, you know, how, what they focus on. But that's why we exist. Everything else, I've always said, everything else there gets the people there. The entertainment gets the people there. Gives them something to do so they stay and enjoy the youth programs and the open class programs. And it helps pay the bills. Gentlemen, it, costs of operating business right now are, are high and as everybody is dealing with inflation. We're wondering how that's impacting fairs this year. Tom Barnes, we'll start with you on this one. How are, is, is there a pinch? Is inflation mm -hmm. impacting counties putting on their fairs? They haven't complained or commented yet, but in my own instance at ours, yes. Um, we just had our sponsor appreciation Wednesday night, and, and I, I, I updated our sponsors and our attendees of what it costs us at the fairgrounds. Small fairgrounds in Cresco, 40-some acres, um, for years, we were around $1,000 a week just for insurance and utilities. That's a lot for a volunteer board to assume. This last winter, uh, our utility bills tripled because of the price increases. So where does that money come from? And, and how that was my follow-up. How do you manage well, those costs without having to raise ticket prices and risk we, pricing out? We try items? not to. Um, we, we just do a lot more ourselves. Um, we get a little more aggressive on, on like products that we sell at our fair. We run our beer concessions and we have a Moo Mobile, which makes homemade malts that are very popular. We push those. Um, you know, I've heard from some of our vendors that, you know, I'm sorry, but my sandwiches have got to go up a buck or two. We just hope the fairgoers understand that it's not people gouging people. They're just trying to, trying to come out ahead on this deal. It's, it's kind of rough. We've, we've lost two or three good vendors because they can't get product. Tom, you mentioned that um, you're going to have poultry at your fair. The yes. Iowa Secretary of Agriculture mm -hmm. recently said, I'm going to lift the prohibition on poultry exhibits. Um, Gary Slater, 
What about African swine fever, which is a concern for the, for the swine industry? Do you have to make a game-time decision? Well, certainly African swine fever is a concern worldwide, but it's not in the United States. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not even in uh, this uh, um, uh, in North America now. For the first time ever, I think it, it appeared in the northern or in the Western Hemisphere, exactly. uh, and uh, so it is a concern. But at this point, uh, you know, APHIS, uh, the uh, uh, Agricultural Inspection Service, uh, is very, very rigid on our borders uh, in terms of asking you uh, when you get off a plane from overseas, you fill out that form uh, where you've been. And, and, and at that point, it, that's the first uh, thing because it's not in the United States. It's not in Iowa. Uh, but but it's something that uh, uh, we're all on alert for. And we, we try to make sure that our biosecurity, uh, on, uh, we will inspect our pigs uh, on trailer before they get off of the trailer at the Iowa State Fair, and if uh, by our state veterinarian and his uh, and his uh, uh, deputy vet- veterinarians, and they if they find a, a a group of animals that don't get off that trailer, then they haven't contaminated the rest. And so, that's just a, one example mm-hmm. of all the biosecurity that we go through in, in keeping uh, those uh, our our animals uh, healthy and safe. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you both about, uh, so obviously fairs occupy a finite space in the overall calendar for a year. Um, and one way that I know that fairgrounds uh, continue revenue in the off time is through facility rentals. And, and Gary, we'll start with you uh, real quick on this. I, I, I know from covering multiple political events at the state fairgrounds that uh, that's a very common thing. How much of that piece is the revenue grown within the state's fairs overall operation, renting out these facilities to events throughout the year? That's a very important part of our budget. Uh, it's somewhere in that 10 to 11 percent of our total budget. I wish it was it was more than that. Uh, so we're always trying to grow that with our facilities. So we had World Pork Expo last week. We have a major swine show. We have over 3,500 uh, uh, market hogs on our grounds uh, uh, from like 30 different states uh, this week. Uh, the Good Guys Car Show is coming up, one of our biggest uh, biggest revenue generators in the off-season coming right up. We'll have over 40,000 people on the grounds for those three days. So it's, so it's very important, uh, and we're always looking, uh, working in, in concert with the Des Moines Convention Visitors Bureau, which, which I'm on the board and president this year, uh, and it's kind of a, 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 a partnership of bringing those events uh, to Des Moines and to Iowa. Obviously, the state fair complex is one thing. Tom, are local county fair county fairgrounds able to do this as well? There's a lot of them that do have some sort of interim activity. Not all. Um, a lot of them like ours, and I can name quite a few here, but I want to take the time, is have a community center um, that uh, brings in that revenue every week with wedding receptions and family reunions and, and different things. That And then you have the concessions. Usually the fairs have the concessions from those those events and that that as I mentioned earlier what it cost our fare per week that's how we you know we can stretch our dollar but with the state some of the state funds that we get from the state for capital improvements on our grounds every year a lot of the fairs have realized that they got to build for year-round use it's no longer mow the grass two weeks out uh, make it look pretty buy two gallons of paint five gallons or five pounds of nails and we'll make it through this fair season again it's more of it's it's really the fairgrounds. A lot of the fairgrounds in Iowa are multi-use 
year-round facilities. So we haven't much time left. Gary, I want to talk about the campgrounds. So Aaron and his family want to camp at the Iowa State Fair this year. Will they be able to? Well, certainly uh, from a reserved camping site, uh, those, those 2,400 sites, uh, hardly anybody let go of them from last year to this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have spots that, are, that come available uh, on, uh, we rent a couple of properties from our neighbors, and uh, those are more dry camping. Uh, some have electric, uh, but hardly any of those extra ones have all three, sewer, electric, and water. Uh, however, if you show up, uh, we can accommodate you in those spots. And, and a lot of those folks come for a weekend or maybe just a, for a few days. Uh, so we'll, we'll accommodate another six to 700 uh, that don't have reservations. So, so load up and come, and uh, we'll, we'll put you uh, in a spot. Appreciate that. Right, it's my first. Just a real big picture view question for you, Gary. Here, what is the state fair for people who may have not thought of it this way? Is the state fair an operation of state government? Is it a nonprofit? What is the Iowa State Fair? The Iowa State Fair is defined by Chapter One Seventy Three of the Iowa Code as an instrumentality of the state doing business as the Iowa State Fair Authority. So. Uh, we have 15 uh, board of directors. I work with them. They're from uh, uh, six different districts in Iowa, uh, as well as uh, two from each district, uh, two-year terms. And uh, the uh, president of Iowa State University, the governor, and the secretary of agriculture are a part of that board. Uh, we don't get any operating revenue from the state uh, general fund at all. We live and die on what we, uh, let's hope not die, but we live on what we, uh, what we make. Uh, and uh, we are eligible for capital improvement funds because it, it through the infrastructure fund uh, of state government because it is state property. Gentlemen, I'm going to let you get back to your jobs. We are out of time for this conversation, and good luck with the mighty Howard County Fair. Thank you. I, I just want to say that Tom does a great job. The Iowa State Fair wouldn't be as good as it is if it didn't have wonderful county fairs throughout the state. Thanks to you for watching this edition of Iowa Press. You can watch every episode at iowapbs.org. For everyone here at the network, thanks for watching. Funding for Iowa Press was provided by Friends, the Iowa PBS Foundation, the Associated General Contractors of Iowa, the public's partner in building Iowa's highway, bridge, and municipal utility infrastructure. Fuel Iowa is a voice and a resource for Iowa's fuel industry. Our members offer a diverse range of products, including fuel, grocery, and convenience items. They help keep Iowans on the move in rural and urban communities. Together, we fuel Iowa. Small businesses are the backbone of Iowa's communities, and they are backed by Iowa banks. With advice, loans, and financial services, banks across Iowa are committed to showing small businesses the way to a stronger tomorrow. Learn more at iowabankers.com.